Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A Super Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. All right. Uh, yes, we've got the game ongoing. And yes, I got half an eye on it for you. But we're also doing other things, including trying to look ahead to who might have their work cut out for them in 2021 as far as major sports towns go. Now, you got to have a minimum of uh, three of the four major sports. Our next town we're going to stop in has, oh, that and then some. They've got two football teams, two baseball teams, two basketball teams, and three hockey teams. So that's why we think they qualify for this conversation because some of them are pretty good. But some have major issues. So I'm going to talk all things New York sports with my next guest. Oh, you'll recognize the name. Uh, like yours truly, a former weekend warrior here on CBS Sports Radio. They threw him into the morning gig for a while these days. He is the morning drive host of uh, the Boomer and Geo show on WFAN in New York. I used to see his smiling face live all the time. Now i got to watch him on TV with you on CBS Sports uh, Network. Uh, Mr. Greg Giannotti joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. How you be, Gio? What's up, Jody? It's good to be with you. And uh, let's speed this up. i got to get back to the game, man. Come on. <laughs> We're not even trying to fake anybody out. They, they will full well know that these interviews have been pre-taped, so I'm not going to ask you for a prediction on the game. That would be unfair. Um, do want to talk about all the New York teams. I mentioned there are some good ones. Yankees made the playoffs, uh, doing things okay during the offseason. Uh, Steve Cohen kind of up and down. Um, the hockey's still to be questioned. I think that's going to take a while. Uh, but the football teams just ended up their season. I want to start there first because that's where it's not good. And we're leaning toward not good as of right now. Free agency upcoming for both the Jets and the Giants. You got a brand new coach with the Jets, a second year coach in New York. How optimistic are New York football fans, if at all, in your mind? 
Wow. I mean, it is a different story with both of these teams right now, and we'll have to see where the Deshaun Watson story goes for the New York Jets. I mean, I think that the Rob Sala hire for the Jets really created some optimism for the Jet fan because it was the first time it felt like the Jet fan got something that they wanted. Now, you know, there was talk, and we were joking around in the our show about Bill Cower maybe coming out of retirement to uh, coach the Jets, and that got them all excited. But once we got down to the real candidates uh, that were there, uh, all the Jet fans wanted Rob Sala because of his energy, because of his personality, because of what he did out there in San Francisco with the defense. So the fact that they got what they wanted, uh, there was some major, major optimism there. But I think the big problem that's being created when you're talking about optimism and pessimism with the Jet fan is, are they going to be able to not have Deshaun Watson and be happy? And I don't think that that answer is yes, unless Sam Darnold uh, turns into a different person and a different player in 2021. Because, you know, remember, for three quarters or more, probably 80% of the 2020 season, everybody thought that Trevor Lawrence was going to be a member of the Jets. He was going to be the next, next Jets quarterback, number one overall pick. It was a lock. They weren't winning the game. There was no way. And then they end up beating the Rams. Everything changed. And then all of a sudden, the Deshaun Watson rumors start after the season, and he is the you know, number one. Uh, the Jets are number one on his list for at least a little bit until the reporting has sort of changed on that over the last couple of days. So, you know, the optimism question with the Jets is, uh, you know, if they get Deshaun Watson, obviously uh, everybody's going to be very optimistic. But what if they don't? And, and then what is the story? Uh, with the New York Jets. Now, with the Giants, that was an interesting season last year. Uh, it was it was odd to sort of evaluate because they were much better than they had been. Everybody seemed to really like Joe Judge. They were in most of the games. Uh, they had a shot to go to the postseason. We know how it ended in Week 17. And I think that they're going to go into next year thinking that, all right, you know, this could be a playoff team. But once again, you know, it's not cliche. It's the truth is, you know, what is the quarterback that they have? And do they believe that Daniel Jones could be a quarterback that can take you into the wild card round, divisional round, into a championship weekend? And, you know, that's the biggest question. I think that they've answered their questions on the offensive and defensive lines. You'll get Saquon back last, uh, next year. Uh, I think that your defense is a very, very good defense for the Giants last year. You're bringing back a lot of those guys. I think that'll be a good thing. But, you know, what is the ceiling for the Giants if Daniel Jones is just average? So it's been really, really dark here. I mean, you know, Jody, it's been the dark ages for New York football uh, over the last number of seasons. But I do think there's more optimism heading into 2021 than we've had here in a number of years. Let me ask you about uh, the Jets quarterback position. Uh, if they get Deshaun Watson, yes, Jet fans will be ecstatic. They'll probably have to pay a rather hefty price, but they'll be ecstatic just the same. Uh, if Sam Darnold is back, there's going to be apprehension and probably some ticked-off Jet fans as well. If they use the number two pick in the draft, and there's debate as to who would they best be using it on, I happen to be a Justin Fields fan, but that's just me, will that compromise position uh, keep the optimism up with the Jets fans? See, I don't think that that's the route they're going to go it it may you know i mean i think anybody that that is uh, a fan of a team that's been very bad for a long time and has been disappointing you know ends up getting optimistic about the unknown and i think that more jet fans would be excited about 
what that next quarterback could be as opposed to, to Sam. So, yes, I do think it'll be a little more optimism. Um, and maybe there's some optimism if Sam's a quarterback. I just I, – I don't see it. I mean, uh, the Rob Sala press conference and, and some of the points that he made in the interviews after that press conference were good ones, you know, because, you know, Mike LaFleur, who's going to be the offensive coordinator in that system, has turned – average quarterbacks into above average quarterbacks and has turned careers around like Ryan Tannehill's and has made guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff into hundred million dollar quarterbacks when they maybe aren't even that good. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that to me, it's going to be Deshaun Watson or it's going to be Sam Darnold. I, I don't see them in the draft going quarterback at this point. Uh, obviously, we still have a couple months to go, and that could change. But I would be very, very surprised if at number two they ended up drafting a quarterback. I, it's either going to be, you know, it's going to be Devontae Smith or it's going to be an offensive lineman uh, for, for Joe Douglas. That's, that's, to me, the two routes that they would have if they still have that second overall pick, which I think a lot of people who root for the Jets, all the Jet fans, don't want them to have because if they don't have it, that means that they've got the Sean Watson. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about the uh, two hoop teams that you got in town. Uh, the Nets went out, made the big trade, got uh, James Harden. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They're probably the best offensive team in the NBA, but they are unquestionably the worst defensive team in the NBA. Uh, it's been an ongoing battle since they moved into Brooklyn to try and cut the distance between themselves and the Knicks for which is the biggest basketball team in town fan-wise. Is this going to be a year where they can actually make that deficit up and become the number one team in New York? Because the Knicks are young, they're better, but they're still not good enough in my eyes. Can by the time this year is over, can the Nets be the number one team in NYC? No, absolutely not. Never, ever, ever will that happen. They, they okay. could win four straight championships, five straight championships. It'll never happen. They're a national story. They're not a local story. Uh, they will never be more important than the Knicks. I mean, I, I forget who it was. I wish I could give credit for the tweet, but, I mean, I, I sort of felt the same way as what this guy tweeted out. He goes, you know, you got James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving on the Nets, and the most talked-about player uh, amongst New York basketball fans is Emmanuel Quickly. And this was like a week or so ago when Emmanuel Quickly was having a great stretch. He sort of quieted down uh, recently. But, I, that's just the way that it's always going to be. And as, as bad as the Knicks are and as frustrated, I'm a Knicks fan, you know, as frustrated as we've all been, I mean, it's still the Knicks. And then the history is the Nets, you know, they, it's a New Jersey team. Yeah, they got the Brooklyn. Yeah, there's going to be some younger fans that are there. But, you know, the sense that I have is it's like a, like this, this virus took over the Nets and is just using it as a host for a couple of years and they're going to move on. Now, they may end up being great. Uh, and they may end up winning championships, but it'll be Durant and Irving and Harden that are winning the championships. That That's going to be the storyline. It's not going to be the Nets. You know, I mean, and also the trade to get Harden, you're talking about guys that were, were homegrown Nets that everybody loved and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen going out the door. And then Spencer Dinwiddie being hurt and being out for the year, that's another one of those guys. So, I mean, essentially you're looking at, at uh, Joe Harris being the only guy that you recognize if you've been watching the Nets. Uh, recently, so it's they their, their popularity uh, will never be larger than the Knicks, and and let's not discount so far what the the Knicks have done because this was a team that was absolutely non-competitive, pathetic, an embarrassment 
over the last number of years. I mean, David Fisdale has to be probably the worst coach in basketball history because with the same amount of players, he squeezed the same names, the same players rather, you know, that Mike Miller had last year and then Tom Thibodeau has this year. He got nothing out of them. And you saw major, major improvements once he was out of there. And I do think that, you know, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly, even Alfred Payton, who's not going to be a part of a core going forward that many years, but that played very, very well. Mitchell Robinson. So there's something there. You feel like there's something there. And a, and a Knicks team that's 500 and has a chance to maybe squeeze into the postseason will be more talked about in New York than a Nets team that's, that's in the NBA Finals. Now, everybody will be rooting against them, so people will talk about it. But this isn't, you know, the, the NBA is a strange place these days. It is. It's about the stars. It's always been about the stars. I mean, David Stern set that foundation many, many years ago. Um, but it, the story is not the Nets. The Nets are not the The Nets just happened to be the team in which these three guys took it over. It could be anywhere. Um, so it, it, once they're gone, it, there's not going to be a foundation of Nets fans that were born during this time that are always going to be Nets fans. There may be one or two, but the bond that the city of New York has with its Knicks are not going to be broken by three guys who took over the Nets for a number of years and didn't play any defense. Your buddy and mine, Greg Giannotti, here with me on CBS Sports Radio. Um, let's move on to your partner's favorite sport. I know he's a former quarterback, but I'm watching up your show. Listen, he lives and dives for hockey, and he's a big Ranger guy. They've got yeah. three hockey teams in town. Is the same dynamic in play that you just talked about in the NBA where it doesn't matter what anybody else does? The team that's residency is Madison Square Garden is always going to be the number one team in that town. Uh, Rangers are very young and they've got some talented players. Don't know if they're going to come together enough as a team to make the playoffs this year. Right now, Rangers, Devils, Islanders are on the outside looking in. But the Islanders were actually in the final four of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs last year. Is it much like a Nick town always will be a Nick town is the same to be said by the Rangers or could either the Islanders or the Devils actually close the ground between themselves and the Rangers? Yeah. I mean, the, the Devils are tough. I mean, I, I really do feel like that is a, you know, the Devils don't really penetrate into New York and Long Island and Westchester. I mean, that's a, that's a New Jersey team and they have their fan base there. You know, the Ranger Islander dynamic is interesting. Now, of course, it's always the Rangers. To answer your question, it's, it's always going to be the Rangers, the most popular team. But, you know, I, I'm from Long Island, and most of my friends and most of the people that I talk to are Islander fans. And there is a connection there. And it's, it's, they've played most of their games over the last decades at the Nassau Coliseum, which is in Uniondale. And it's on, you know, it's next to Hofstra University. It's very Long Island, their new arena is going to be around that same area. So that there's a, a very provincial, small-town Long Island feel. I mean, it's almost like all of Long Island gets together and has this sort of small-town provincial pride with the Islanders. So I see a lot of that because that's where I'm from. But no, I'm not naive enough to say that, that the, the Islanders will ever be more popular than the Rangers. It just doesn't exist that way. But, you know, just, just as there was a foundation that was, that was there for the Islanders, you know, for many years on Long Island. That's the way I feel about the Nets in New Jersey. I mean, that's just the way, the way that it's been. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't see the correlation there. Like I, you know, I feel Rangers Islanders is always a big rivalry. I feel Giants Jets 
even though they're different conferences, real rivalry, Yankees, Mets, we understand that those two teams' fans hate one another. Um, I, it's just now starting that the Knicks and Nets fans don't like one another, so that's another reason why I always put that lower down the list. But, but yeah, I mean, listen, the Rangers, the Rangers win the Cup, 94. It's a humongous story. And if they ever did it again, it's going to be a humongous story. It's not going to be as big of a story, of course, when the Islanders and Devils do it. And when the Devils do it, they went around the parking lot with the cup, as we remember, and everybody made fun of them for that with their parade uh, being in the Brendan Byrne Arena parking lot. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a passion that I think is very, very regional with those three teams and, and does not break uh, those, those regions for sure in hockey. We're talking to Greg Giannotti here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Much like the historical advantage that the Madison Square Garden residents have been around forever um, in basketball and hockey, baseball, same thing, I think has an historical advantage over all other sports in New York. Uh, I've done shows in New York long enough, last 30 plus years to know how much it is a baseball town. And that's still the case today. And that's a good thing because both the Yankees and Mets look like they could be playoff teams in the upcoming year. There isn't, and also ran in that group. Or is there? We know the Yankees were in the playoffs last year, but they've got pitching issues. Uh, They signed Corey Kluber, who may be a Cy Young candidate or may pitch one game like he did last year with the Rangers, and then back on the shelf. Uh, They did keep DJ LeMayu, but they haven't necessarily added any offense. And across town, you got the Mets, who made one huge trade getting Lindor and Carrasco going to be paying them large salaries. That's where Steve Cohen's big money comes in. But they did go 0 for 4 with the highest uh, money free agents this offseason. You take Met calls all the time. I took them when I was on over the holidays. Some people already not happy with uh, the new Met owner that he didn't spend quite enough for their liking during this offseason. How optimistic or pessimistic are Mets and Yankee fans coming into this upcoming 2021 baseball season? Yeah, the, the Mets fan base is very split. I think that there's people who thought that it was it was these big free agents or busts, and that was the end of the story. Like if you if you didn't get one of those guys, meaning Trevor Bauer, J.C. Realmuto, George Springer, that this was going to be a bad offseason. Now, I, you know, I didn't see it that way. I was not upset about not getting George Springer or Trevor Bauer personally as, as a Mets fan. One, because if you look at the history of players who have gotten $100 million at 30 years of age or older in baseball uh, and getting that contract, then it, 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 the production is not great. I mean, you go through the list and it generally does not work out. So that was one that I didn't bother, it didn't bother me that much. And the Trevor Bauer one, I thought he was going to be a mess here, quite frankly. I understand that the opt-outs in the deal – made it a little bit easier to digest, but he, I, I, I don't like his personality. If you compare his entire career outside of last year uh, to Marcus Stroman's career, uh, it's basically the same thing, and everybody was like upset when Marcus Stroman came back you know, for that $18 million qualifying offer, uh, but then were devastated when Trevor Bauer went elsewhere for $40 million, which I just I don't understand. You know, the one that bothers me, more than I think everybody else. And, and I think the reason why nobody talks about it as much was, was the catcher. So, I mean, Rio Muto, you know, they signed James McCann first out of, out of everybody, him and Trevor May uh, to the bullpen. And it was sort of like, okay, they went cheaper at catcher because 
they're going to go out and get Trevor Bauer, or they went cheaper at catcher because they're going to go out and get George Springer. But the fact that they didn't get those two guys, you know, now no one's going back and talking about that decision to go with Real Muto, with uh, James McCann over JT Real Muto. And I just, I thought that was the biggest one. I know he got a massive contract, but I love that player. That's a leader to me. He is someone who is a game changer. That position has been just atrocious for the Mets since Piazza left. It's been horrendous. So that, that's one that bothers me the most. I still don't think that that's the Mets fans that think this was the only offseason in the history of offseasons. Like there wasn't going to be another one next year. And you had to get everybody who was available this year. I, I don't see it that way. And the Lindor trade was a big one. So uh, it is split. I'm more optimistic uh, than some of the people that thought that this was a bust offseason because they didn't sign anybody. Um, and they're, they're a hell of a lot better than they were 10 last season. Now, the Yankees are a very interesting case because this is the first time that I've ever experienced the Yankees offseason where I felt like they were being frugal. And I understand that, you know, in, in many, many years this is, of course. I'm talking about, you know, since the Yankees have sort of been the Yankees after the 90s uh, dynasty, since after Steinbrenner bought the team, basically. So, you know, if you you think about, you know, what they have on this team, obviously it should be good enough to win a championship, but they haven't been good enough to win a championship with these guys, and they haven't upgraded. And sure, they got T.J. LeMahieu to come back, and that's great, and that's something that they needed to do, but there's no upgrades really anywhere. And that Corey Kluber signing, you know, speaking of the Yankees and Mets, you know, that sort of reminds me of the Mets last year grasping at straws for guys like Michael Waka and Rick Porcello and saying, all right, we'll see if these guys can figure it out. Now, Kluber's had a better career than those guys, but it sort of felt like that type of transaction. So uh, it, it, they, they're basically saying that, you know, we lost a ton of money because of the pandemic. You know, we don't want to go over the luxury tax threshold and the guys that are on this team have to be good enough and we can't have the rash of injuries that we've had and, and we got to win with this group. And I think that the Yankee fan is always going to be a little cocky uh, a little confident, maybe too confident. But, you know, going into this season, it, it's basically, you know, count on the guys that, that you know and see if they can do it better than they've done it before. And I'm just not so sure. I mean, I, I've seen too much of Aaron Judge be hurt. I've seen too much of Gary Sanchez, you know, hit 112 for a three-month stretch. <laughs> I've seen too much of John Carlos Stanton take one swing and then be out for four months. I've seen too much of that. Uh, with this team. So I, I just, I needed to see more from them in this offseason to think that they were going to go and win a championship this year. Although they'll be good. They're always good, but they're just never good enough. There's always another team in the American League that does things better than they do it, whether it be the Red Sox, the Astros, or the Rays last year. I'll tell you why the uh, uh, not getting the center fielder for the Mets, George Springer, bothered me more than anything else. I think Rio Muto wanted to go back to Philly uh, the whole time, and he just needed to get a price to a certain point. The Mets had moved out of that market, so the Phillies didn't have to blatantly overpay him, and they got their guy back. I think Bauer, a Southern California kid, always wanted to go to California. I think he got the Mets to run the price up. He got what he wanted from the Dodgers. He went where he wanted to go. Spring is a Connecticut kid. They yeah. should have been able to land him rather than him go north to the border, wherever Toronto's going to play this year. Uh, we shall see. Um, that that did bother me. I thought uh, they didn't have to 
overpay to get him, and I thought he signed for a reasonable number. So that's the only one that I'll give Steve Cohen a hard time for. All right, we got. Uh, I want to run to each of the teams quickly with the air. Both baseball teams, Mets, Yankees. One makes the playoffs, both make the playoffs, neither make the playoffs. Both will make the playoffs. Okay, that's good news. Hoops. Nets are going to make the playoffs, so rather than are they or aren't they, how far are the Nets going to go in the playoffs? The Nets are going to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, that's that's a, a pretty good run, but but still, you'll be talking more about the Knicks and who they should draft as the Nets oh, are making oh, this playoff and, run. Oh, and let me tell you, Jody, there's nothing better than rooting against a team that is defined in failure by not winning a championship and that be the bar because, you know, basically anything can happen. You know, the Nets could, because all the chips are in the middle of the table, you know, the Nets could go to game seven of the NBA finals and lose by one point on a buzzer beater. And then I'd come on the air the next morning and say this was a massive failure this season. And there's just, there's just nothing better than that, rooting against the team. Like that. Uh, you'll have fun with it then. All right, uh, you got three hockey teams in that town, including yeah, one across the river in Newark and Delaware, uh, in, Jer- in Jersey. Right now, all three would be out. I think any of the three have a shot to make the playoffs, but none of them are locks. How many teams in the New York Triumvirate are going to be postseason bound in the NHL? I think that the Islanders figure it out again. Um, I'd love to have more confidence in the Devils to figure it out. Uh, I can't right now. I have not seen enough out of the younger Ranger players to be bullish on them. Uh, the Islanders, even though they've been through a rough stretch recently, I'll just there to me. There's there's too much resilience there. We saw it last year in the bubble. So I'm, I, I will say Islanders, and that's it. All right, and rather than ask a pessimistic question, Giants or uh, Jets making the playoffs, and oh, by the way, the Giants could do what they almost did this year, sneak in the back door because it's the NFC least, and I expect it to be again next year. Will either of the two football teams in town be at or above 500? Yeah, I will say, oh, man, it's tough with the Jets. But just as it stands right now, I will say that the Giants will be nine and seven. The Giants are going to go nine and seven. They'll have maybe ten and six, but the right. Giants will have a winning record. They will go to the postseason next year. Uh, when next I see, you, I'll take your money. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. That. That's that's <laughs> not happening. I don't think that either of the New York football teams are making uh, a run at five hundred. But we shall see. Hey, Gio, it was great catching up with you, buddy. I'm sorry I haven't been able to uh, see you up there in New York forever. At some point. I'm hoping to be doing a show from the studio again. Tell your boy, Boomer, I send my regards. Uh, go back and enjoy the game. Absolutely, Jody. It's great talking to you. Hopefully, uh, we'll be in a situation where all of us are together in the newsroom again, and that's sooner than later. My buddy, Greg Giannotti from uh, WFAN in New York, talking New York sports with me here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, come back. We'll get uh, more in-depth in the ongoing game. Yeah, it's kind of a big game that they're playing right now. Uh, I'll get you updated on everything there. We'll get the telephone lines reopened, 855-212-4227. A Super Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio with me, Jody Mack. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.